This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, if you thought food prices could go any higher, brace yourself. You'll soon be paying more at the checkout. That's the finding of the 2024 Canada Food Price Report. And joining me to discuss the annual report and just how much more you're going to be paying at the grocery store is Dr. Sylvan Shalabroff. He's the professor and director of Agri-Food Analytics Lab and the former dean of the Faculty of Management at Dalhousie University. So, Sylvan, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Yeah, there's so much that I want to talk to you about with this report, but maybe before we get started, you can share a little bit with our listeners about yourself and about the Agri-Food Analytics Lab. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's been a busy year for us, and, and the reason why it's been busy is because we we forecast. Uh, we work with uh, governments, um, provincial governments, uh, the federal governments, uh, both in Canada and the U.S., we work with uh, the Bank of Canada, our general, and we basically try to understand uh, food trends, uh, uh, economic phenomena impacting uh, all sorts of things in Canada, including obviously uh, food security and uh, food affordability. And this year was actually a special year for me because in 2023, it was the first time I actually spoke in all 10 provinces uh, during the same calendar year. Uh, and I was actually uh, in St. John uh, in the summer with my family visiting. So uh, I had a chance, I had an opportunity to visit your beautiful province in the summer. So that was great. Yeah, it's definitely the best time to be here. There's no no question about that. And hopefully you had some good weather while you were here. But I, I'm not surprised, right, that you were in such demand in 2023 because every week there's a different story in the media, something to do with the cost of living, usually something to do with the prices that people are paying in the grocery store and different things, you know, work the government's doing with the grocery store owners to try to control food prices. It's top of mind for everyone right now. We know so many people are, are living paycheck to paycheck, largely because of inflation and, of course, the interest rates are coming into play there as well. I know, though, that there are many out there who were hoping that they'd soon be getting a break at the checkout. But as you know, the rising cost of groceries is something that had been making headlines for quite some time, as I mentioned. So, so then the food price report shows that the cost of food is, in fact, going to continue to climb between two and a half and four and a half percent next year. So let's talk about that. Um, what are we going to be seeing with regards to food and the increasing cost? And just how much more do you think consumers are going to be paying for food costs next year? Well, so for 2024, uh, we're expecting a little a different scenario than 2022 and 2023. Uh Actually, we find this uh, report for 2024 to be, uh, you know, better news, I guess, compared to uh, past years, simply because we're expecting a much lower in food inflation rate, so 2.5 to 4.5 percent. And frankly, I think it's going to be at the lower end because we are seeing some prices actually drop for some staples.
bowls like flour, coffee, uh, those are good examples. Uh, even some produce across the country are, are cheaper. Now, the, in the Atlantic and, and, and including uh, Newfoundland, uh, it, it's been a rough year. Prices have actually gone up significantly in our region, which is unfortunate. But overall, uh, we are expecting two scenarios in 2024. The first, uh, first half we'll see uh, the end of, of our food inflation storm, so prices will still continue to rise. But we are expecting some pockets of price wars uh, in, in uh, probably starting in the summer in the fall. And so because we're all hardwired to look for bargains now, and grocers know that, so it's, it's a totally different marketplace compared to just a few years ago, and, and grocers will have to adapt. If you're not selling something on sale, uh, you're not going to be able to sell it. And so the pressure is going to be really on grocers to offer better deals. So we are expecting, yes, prices to rise, but certainly not as much as, uh, as in, uh, in past years. Well, that's at least some good news, I guess, right? So we'll see some rising uh, costs, but not as high as we would have seen in 2023. So that, you know, we can take some comfort in that. I just want to go through some of the categories. So the 2024 food price forecast shows that bakery products are expected to increase 5 to 7%, dairy 1 to 3%, fruits 1 to 3%, meat 5 to 7%, other grocery uh, products 2 to 4%, restaurant prices 3 to 5%. Seafood three to five percent and vegetables five to seven percent. So a total average increase of two and a half to four percent, as we said. So you know it's great to look at these percentages and give people an idea of what they can expect to see increases in in 2024. But I think what people are really looking to hear, Sylvan, is what will these increases mean in terms of overall costs for the average family? Yeah, that was really a difficult thing to do this year because uh, what we've noticed in 2023 is that people started to spend less on food, not more, despite inflation. So people were retreating at the grocery store. Why? It's just because shelter costs uh, went up. Uh, Whether you're renting or you have a mortgage, a lot of people had to pay more to make sure that they kept a roof over their heads. And so when they actually showed up at the grocery store, they had less money. And so, uh, so, last year's, uh, so last year's calculations were pretty easy. This year was a little bit more complicated. So we had to kind of, you know, we, we had to look at how people were spending and then create a new benchmark to start the year 2024. And so for the average, uh, for the average family of four people, uh, we're expecting that family to spend maybe about $700 more compared to last year. So it's nowhere near. Last year was over $1,000. So uh, so this year we're expecting a, 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 a much uh, lower sum overall. Yeah, and I think that's that's good news to hear as well, right, that the, the overall cash amount that people are going to be spending is going to be less of an increase than last year. I think it's interesting, right, what you're saying about the cost of everything else is going up so people don't have enough money to spend at the grocery store. So they're spending less not because they're um, buying, I guess, less because they need less. It's just they can't afford to buy maybe what they would regularly be buying. And we know that the food banks, for example, are getting record use, right? So there's more and more people relying on the food bank to put food on the table because of the cost of of, um, living not only at the grocery store, but everything else, as you mentioned. 
So if we look at last year, um, you actually amended your projection from 2023. So originally, I think you were forecasting that people would be spending $16,288 based on what was considered to be a healthy diet. But in recognition of the reduced spending habits, as you mentioned, you amended that production down to $15,595. So that gives you some idea, right, of, you know, the, the cost of food driving down what people are spending. And I guess indicates that maybe diets aren't as healthy as they could or should be. Absolutely, Nancy. I mean, because uh, we, we did uh, get uh, questions a lot this year about spending, and people uh, were asking us, well, how are people spending more on food uh, because of inflation? And the answer is no, it's the opposite, which is may seem counterintuitive, really, and that's why we wanted, we wanted to make sure that when we wrote the report that people understood that 2023 was a, was an extremely difficult year for for a lot of people uh, they had to make some some sacrifices along the way and so uh, now with the Bank of Canada deciding to hold uh, on interest rates uh, this week uh, certainly that's going to help and I and where I we even talking about rate cuts and and to me to me that's that's the larger problem for for households it's because so people are spending so much money on on shelter they they barely have any money on food and that's why food banks are busier and that uh, people are spending less but uh, this year uh, hopefully for 2024 fewer families Families will have to make nutritional compromises along the way. Yeah, let's let's hope so. And you should mention that this year's report is the 14th annual report, and it's a collaboration between research partners at Dalhousie University, the University of Guelph, the University of Saskatchewan, and the University of British Columbia. So some good, um, I guess, cross-section across the country, right, in, in contributing to this report. So maybe, so then, uh, if you could share with our listeners how the team makes its predictions pertaining to food prices, and what are the determining factors that are taken into consideration? Because there is a lot your team evaluates before coming up with these Oh my goodness! Yes. Well, so I'm I'm lead author of of this particular group. Uh, so I have 29 colleagues joining me for this report. Uh, as you can imagine, Nancy, it's not easy to you know build some consensus with uh, with 30 scholars. <laughs> but we, we we ended up we ended up agreeing on a forecast, and that's why I mean the 2.5 to 4.5 percent is 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 a consensus um, threshold. But I actually do. Believe believe personally that it's probably going to be lower. Uh, 2.5% is likely going to be the maximum, which is why I look at this report as, as some good news. But when we look at uh, predictions, we uh, obviously we have lots of data and we use AI machine learning to forecast, but uh, we also uh, bring some humanity to the equation and we look at uh, different factors that can't be built into the model. For example, geopolitics. Uh, um, and of course, last year we saw what happened with Ukraine. Uh, this year, obviously, the big focus uh, was it was Israel, uh, not because the current conflict could actually compromise global food security, but if the situation escalates, it could. And so uh, we're, and that really is a sensitive area right now. So next year, if something happens in that region, it could actually just change everything. Climate change is another factor, of course. 
course, the currency, the Canadian dollar, interest rates, uh, the competitive landscape, when we talked a lot about that this year. So we, we look at domestic issues, international issues, and because uh, for food, it is a global market. Like a lot of factors do impact food prices overall. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's so much to consider, right? And that's why you have so many people in a cross-section right across the country looking at this, right? Because there is so much research that needs to be done to, to put some accuracy to these numbers. And I think, you know, it's important for people to at least, you know, even from a planning perspective, to have this information to go, okay, well, you know, if I'm looking at my budget for 2024, you know, I need to be thinking about this when it comes to the amount that I'm allocating for food and, and grocery and, and, you know, where else can I trim or cut or, and hopefully not looking at taking on a additional um, deck because we know that that's not uh, the answer, definitely not uh, in the long term. So as I mentioned, last year's projections had to be amended due to the spending habits of Canadians. So we're going to discuss these changes in spending behaviors and ways you can save at a checkout when we come back. Please stay with us. Win your Christmas cash with a VOCM Cares for the Community 50-50 draw. Buy your tickets until December 16th at VOCM.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. I'm joined today by Dr. Sylvan Charlebois. He's a professor and director of the Agri-Food Analytics Lab and former dean of the Faculty of Management with Dalhousie University. If you were hoping the new year would bring with it some savings at the checkout when it comes to your grocery costs, think again. The annual Canada Food Price Report is predicting we will see costs increase by another 2.5% to 4% overall. Hopefully, Sylvan, you're right that it's closer to that 2.5% mark. We know many Canadians are feeling the continued strain of the rising costs in their grocery bill and as they attempt to trim costs, report shows Canadians are actually reducing their expenditures on groceries by reducing the quantity or the quality of the food that they're buying and by substituting this with less expensive alternatives. So, so then, can you speak more to this and I guess maybe share some specifics around that? Yeah, so uh, when it comes to spending, of course, uh, you have to think about uh, fresh products. So you have the periphery of the store and you have the center of the store. That, that's a classic way to, to look at the grocery store. And, of course, when, when inflation becomes a problem, consumers tend to go to the center of the store where prices are much more stable, even the freezer aisle as well. Uh, so uh, for 2024, we're expecting some to uh, go back to uh, uh, fresh sections of the grocery store. Uh, when you make a, a nutritional compromises, you'll basically uh, – just let go of perishables and 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 buy canned goods, and that's why discount uh, discount retailers have been actually incredibly popular in 2023, uh, including dollar stores. In fact, uh, Dollarama is a good example of a retailer that has actually expanded its uh, food offering uh, in recent months. Uh, Giant Tiger also. And so why? Because people are just looking for bargains as much as possible. So th this is certainly something that we've noticed. Uh, but once uh, prices stabilize, and, and that's what happens when food inflation drops, uh, it gives an opportunity for industry to offer more discounts. And with more discounts, we are expecting consumers to revisit uh, some of the fresh sections uh, in, uh, in months to come. Yeah, let's hope so, because, of course, we know, um, you know, it's important 
important that you're you are getting nutritional value right in in your diet and and oftentimes you know canned products are are higher in things like sodium and you know although it's it, it's going to fill your belly right and you're going to get some nutrients from that stuff supplementing your diet with some fresh produce and and fruits and vegetables and meats and things is really important from an overall healthy diet perspective. So so then last year, the AgriFood Analytics Lab surveyed consumers about many ways they've changed their shopping habits in an effort to save or reduce costs. So maybe you can speak to some of those results now and how these changes or behaviors could potentially continue to benefit consumers when it comes to food purchases. Yeah, so I think that uh, we are expecting, I mean, first of all, food inflation has been around for a while now, and which is very different than, say, 2008, when uh, inflation actually did go up uh, to 15%. Uh, the uh, climax for this particular cycle was a little over 10%. So, uh, so but the problem is that it, it stayed over 8% for a long time, and that pushed people to adopt different habits, uh, the use of coupons, the use of apps, uh, food rescuing apps, for example. Uh, people went to different uh, grocery stores, which is why I actually think that the biggest battleground for 2024 for grocers will be loyalty. Uh, consumers are nomads now. They'll, they'll just... They won't be loyal to a store. They won't be loyal to a brand. Uh, everyone uh, in 2003 became millennials because we know that millennials aren't loyal towards anything. Uh, I think everyone decided to become uh, millennials this year. So do expect grocers to offer you more points, uh, more incentives to get you back in the store, in their store, to buy lost leaders. And we know that lost leaders are, are products sold at a loss. They're used as bait, uh, baits, so you can actually go in, you buy, I don't know, milk or uh, whatever you need, a can of peas, uh, and they'll actually get you to buy uh, products uh, where margins are, are higher. But if you're really careful in 2024, we are expecting consumers to have access uh, to more opportunities to save, which is really important. No, absolutely. It's important. Um, and that's what everyone is looking to do. And I think one of the things that I talk about quite a bit, like when it comes to budgeting and, and ways to sort of um, control your food costs or stick within your budget with regards to food costs is meal planning. So one of the things that your study showed is that one third at 32% are reviewing weekly flyers. So that tells to me that they are making conscious effort to stick to their budget, plan their meals ahead, looking at the flyers to see what they can buy to feed their families that are going to be within the budget that they have, which is great. Nearly one quarter, 23.9% are using coupons. So that that definitely is an increase in what we've seen in the past as well. You mentioned before people are going to things like dollar source. 11.5% are going to dollar source more often to look for food uh, purchases. I think one of the silver linings that I see um, in this event, a positive trend, is that we're seeing um, food waste reduction. So two in five Canadians at 40.6% are trying to waste less food now, much more than they were 12 months ago. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, 
you always want to look uh, for for silver linings, I guess. And uh, I actually do think that uh, higher food prices actually have made, uh, have made Canadians more responsible and more careful about food waste overall. Um, I mean, when you throw food away, it is money. And uh, we throw away a lot of food every year. Like the average family of four can throw away uh, over $2,000 worth of food every year. That's, that's a lot of money. And so people realize that. And so they were more careful in 2023. And uh, so that's certainly one thing that we've noticed. And, uh, and so people are more responsible and they'll buy probably, uh, um, probably uh, I would say, uh, more often to the grocery store to actually uh, reduce the amount of, uh, of, um, of waste. And uh, they'll plan like for a few days and that's it. So whatever you, whatever you adopt, whatever behavior you adopt, uh, chances are you're, you're, reducing, you're reducing the waste you generate. A lot of people work from home as well. And when you work from home, your relationship with food does change. And so uh, you focus more on food, you plan, uh, you manage your inventory differently also. No, absolutely. I think another thing that we saw a bit in 2023, a bit more of, um, and I know I have friends who, who do this as well, is just over one in five at 15 and a half percent of Canadians have started growing their own food, including 15.2 percent here in Atlantic Canada. So what are you seeing um, in, in Nova Scotia with regards to this? Uh, well, that's uh, that's certainly uh, an issue with uh, with uh, Nova Scotians. I mean, the uh, food insecurity level is the highest in the country in Nova Scotia. So uh, we can't we can't say that we're uh, we're doing well. Uh, the lowest actually is, is in Quebec. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that there's still a lot of poverty in our province, unfortunately, and um, and that's why I've always encouraged people to to donate to feed Nova Scotia, to support Nova Scotia. As a family, we volunteer uh, a lot. We give to, Nova, to feed Nova Scotia as well, as much as we can, just because uh, I think it's important to, to help. And, and, uh, and as you noted earlier, food banks are, are quite busy. I'm on the board of Second Harvest in Toronto, which is the largest food bank uh, in Canada. And uh, it's been a busy year. It's been a busy year. A lot of people need help. And, uh, yeah, it's a struggle for a lot of people. So we can't really leave um, anybody behind uh, as a result of higher food prices. No, absolutely. And I talk about that on the show quite a bit too, Sylvain, too. If you can afford to give to the local food bank, whether it's, you know, cash donation or cleaning um, some, some things out of your cupboard, pick up an extra few things when you're at the grocery store. It's so important that they need our help. And I think as we get into the holidays, it becomes even more important because people's budgets are stretched even more. Those food banks are going to be relied on even more heavily. So, you know, uh, I can't say that enough. To the extent that you can help the food bank, please get out and and, uh, and do so. So as consumers look for ways to save, we're also seeing some concerning trends surface. The biggest is food insecurity, which you know goes hand in hand with what we're talking about with the food bank. So we're going to talk about that when your money comes back. Please stay with us. Make a request anytime by calling 709-273-5211 or 1-888-590-8626. And your request just might win you a cozy VOCM winter toque. Your Merry Christmas station. Your VOCM. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Dr. Sylvan Charlebrock. He's the Professor and Director of the Agri-Food Analytics Lab and former Dean of the Faculty of Management with Dalhousie University. So we're talking about the annual Canada Food Price Report, and the survey is certainly not the news I know that many out there were hoping for. It shows that you will, in fact, be paying more for your groceries in the new year. The annual food price report predicts food prices will increase by an estimated 25 to 4.5% in 2024. And while that's not as high as last year, it is still an increase. Increases on top of what are already higher prices experienced over the past couple of years due to everything from inflation to climate change to the ongoing pandemic recovery, geopolitical conflicts, all the things that uh, Sylvain talked about in the last segment that they look at in coming up with, um, with this report. And paying even more for food at a time when so many are struggling to keep up with other rising costs will mean making ends meet will become even harder for so many household budgets. I know from our recent video affordability index that nearly half at 43% of Canadians are sacrificing essentials like food in order to pay monthly bills and debt obligations. And there was a survey released earlier this year that showed nearly half at 47% of meat eaters said they plan to cut back on their meat consumption because of the higher cost. And meat has become a luxury for some, which, you know, you never want to see, um, see, see that happen. And we've also seen polls that show Canadians are skipping meals due to the rising cost of food. So, so then how concerning is this? Because these surveys show prices are affecting food choices and ultimately nutrition of Canadians. Yeah, actually, it, it is one category we're expecting things to be a little bit more challenging for consumers in 2024, uh, meat products. Um, so when you look at the meat trifecta, uh, let's start with beef. Beef is uh, is going to be problematic uh, in 2024. Uh, there, there's been some droughts in the prairies in the U.S., so beef prices are, are going to be rising for sure. Uh, along with pork, pork has, actually has been cheap this year. Pork was very cheap for a long time, but prices are going up again because there's um, there's been some adjustments with the inventories, and so uh, we are expecting you know, products like bacon, ham, uh, pork chops to become more expensive in, in, in next year. And chicken, chicken is a little bit more stable, but we are still expecting prices to rise. Uh, cost the cost because cost of, uh, to produce uh, poultry has gone up. Uh, there's been some issues with the avian flu as well. And so, again, uh, the the sector is absorbing some of these costs, extra costs due to uh, due to the the outbreaks overall. Um, yeah, trips to the meat counters are going to be more challenging. So that's why we think that people will uh, reconsider uh, vegetable proteins like lentils, chickpeas, even tofu. Uh, I know for some it's not overly popular, but let's face it, Nancy. I mean. The price for these vegetable proteins um, has been stable, very stable. Uh, tofu, for example, just uh, as a benchmark, uh, is priced the same as last year. 
And I think in, in this day and age, so then, like, there's so much recipe availability online that you can find very creative, uh, cost-effective, and tasty, right, ways to cook with uh, tofu for those who maybe haven't used it in the past or aren't familiar with it. It's easy to get familiar because of the ability to do that sort of research uh, online. You don't need to, you know, go out and buy a cookbook. You can find uh, great recipes on, on many uh, free websites, which is great for, for people who want to do that. You know, talking about beef, it's interesting. We were at a Christmas function um, this past week, and I noticed on the restaurant menu, so once upon a time you'd go to a restaurant, the prices for everything are there. The one item that regularly said market price was maybe lobster, right? I noticed yeah. that every single beef dish on the menu, right, if it was a different type of steak or something that, that had uh, beef in it, said market price. They actually didn't list the price of um, of those dishes on the menu, which spoke volumes to me, right, about the cost of beef, the volatility in, in beef prices, that they weren't willing to set a price on, on their um, menus. So interesting, interesting fact there. Huh. Interesting, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. but I think there's there is a way to get your uh, your protein uh, in a in a an affordable manner. To be honest, and if you keep an open mind, we we love meat as a family, uh, but once in a while uh, we actually you know we will prepare a, you know a meal with lentils or chickpeas or, or tofu, and and kids love it. Yeah, I I love um, beans as well, like different types of um, grains and and beans. Cooking with that, well, I shouldn't say I do. My husband. It's a cook in our family, but he's made some really great dishes uh, with those types of things. Because, it, it, like I said, it's so easy to find um, great recipes that you can use that stuff. Another concern brought on by the rising cost of food and food insecurity, it's reached a crisis point here in our country, including here at home in Newfoundland. So the recent Food Banks Canada Hunger Count report, which was released in October, shows the growing reliance on food banks nationwide has actually become alarming. So, so then let's talk a little bit more about this now, the growing concerns regarding food insecurity, both nationwide and here at home in Atlantic Canada. Yeah, so uh, obviously uh, the issue of uh, food insecurity is is a big one. Um, I think that, I mean, Canada is a rich country. Uh, it can take care of its citizens. Uh, what, what's been unique with uh, 2022 and 2023 is that We've seen 10 consecutive uh, increases in interest rates, and it, 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 it happened so fast. I mean, we went from very cheap money, like free money, to uh, a benchmark rate of 5% in, in a matter of, uh, of 18 or 17 months or something like that. Uh, it just, it was too fast. And of course, two years ago, uh, about two years ago, the Bank of Canada did say to all Canadians that they're not seeing uh, high interest rates for a very long time and I think a lot of people just committed to to that uh, and uh, and a lot of households got into some trouble financially because of, uh, of the fact that they were uh, on a variable rate and so they just saw their payments go up and up and up and up uh, if you're carrying a, a mortgage of three hundred thousand dollars on a variable rate uh, in 2023 your payments um, basically did go up significantly by six seven eight hundred dollars a month 
that's a lot of money. Uh, and for food, for the entire year, uh, you were you were probably uh, expected to pay maybe a thousand dollars more, like on average, maybe for the entire year. So you can see that shelter really became the one thing that a lot of people have been focused on, which is why I was not surprised to hear Ottawa focusing so much on housing in recent months, because it is, it is, I think, the number one problem affecting food food security in Canada. No, absolutely. I don't disagree with you. We're, we're seeing more and more people come to see us uh, for help managing their unsecured debt because their secured debt, like their mortgage, has gone up so significantly when they go to renew it. Like you, like you said, anywhere from four to $800 a month, an increase in their mortgage payment. And, you know, we've been hearing surveys for years now that say that, you know, half of Canadians are $200 a month away from not being able to afford their bills. So if you have that many people who are only $200 a month and we're seeing increasing housing costs, to your point, increasing by far more than that, it explains why so many people are struggling. It explains why so many people are reaching out to food banks to help put food on the table. And if we look at that hunger count report that that uh, came out, it's the highest level in Canadian history, uh, the use of food banks. So the number of visits in March of 2023 to the food bank, 1,935,911. If you look at the percentage increase, that's up 32% from 2022, which is staggering. But if you look at the increase from 2019, it's 78.5%. 78.5% higher increase from 2019 to 2023 in the use of food banks. And if we look at the... It, like that, that really is a staggering number. And if you look at the food bank usage in Newfoundland and Labrador, this year increased by 12% compared to 2022. And since 2019, the reliance on food banks still super high, up 44% compared to 2019 numbers. The number of people using its food bank has tripled since 2019. And I think it's also important to note that the food bank use among people who are employed continues to increase as well. 17% of food bank clients are reporting employment as their main source of income. So sometimes people think, you know, people who are unemployed, homeless, you know, um, are struggling, maybe on assistance, um, are the ones that are using the food bank. But in fact, you know, people are reported as having employment as their main source of income, still utilizing the food bank. Yeah, no, it's uh, those are staggering numbers. I mean, it's just, and I think, I think it really uh, points to how quickly things shifted. People just weren't ready, and because uh, if you're if you're given time to plan, uh, I, I think Canadians can actually cope. But it just happened so quickly; it was so violent that uh, just a lot of people were caught by surprise, uh, and they just couldn't make it, and they needed help. So I, I, these numbers are astonishing but not overly surprising no it's it's not surprising but it is disappointing right to hear that so many people are struggling and needing the food bank so again you know i'll tell people if you can give to your local food banks please do so then one of the other things that was in the news quite a bit this year is that the CEOs of the country's biggest grocery store chains were summoned to Ottawa. In the late fall, the five largest grocery store chains delivered plans to stabilize food prices. And then, of course, there was the imminent introduction of a code of conduct for the Canadian food sector. So let's talk about that when we come back. Please stay with us. 
Get lost in the music of legendary artists like Elton John, The Beatles, and more. Join Claudette Barnes every Sunday from 12 to 1 p.m. and relive fond memories through the power of music with Sunday Melodies on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to your money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada, right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. I'm joined today by Dr. Sylvan Charlebaum. He's a professor and director of Agri-Food Analytics Lab and former dean of the Faculty of Management with Dalhousie University. Sorry. So we've been discussing the 2024 Canada Food Report, which predicts consumers will be paying between 25 and 4.5% more for food in the coming year. So Sylvan, I'd be amiss, I think, not to make note of one of the most persistent topics this past year when discussing food prices and that was the perception major grocery chains are profiteering from food inflation and driving prices higher. Listeners will remember it was the center of a parliamentary investigation into food prices earlier in the year and members of parliament summoned the heads of the country's largest grocery store chains to Ottawa to answer to the rising cost of food. However, the Federal Standing Committee on Agriculture Agriculture and agri-food reports showed that grocers are not entirely to blame for rising costs, that profiteering, in fact, was not happening. So, Sylvan, can you talk a little bit more to this? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've So uh, we've been advising uh, Minister Champagne on this issue, and I was actually in the meeting with the Big Five back in September in Ottawa, meeting with uh, CEOs and Mr. Champagne and uh, Ms. Friedland. And uh, it was an interesting meeting. And, of course, uh, because of polls, um, you had uh, the government politicizing food inflation, of course, and, and, and Canadians, of course, um, who've been suffering – one of the scapegoats, and uh, I think the easy target were grocers. And I know a lot of people uh, in uh, Newfoundland and Labrador probably think that uh, grocers are a lot to blame. But when you actually look at the data very closely, uh, grocers uh, really uh, have done very well financially, but not because of food. It's because of other uh, items they sell, non-food items like cosmetics and and uh, prescription drugs and things like that, even clothing, financial services for Loblaws, uh, that's, that division is doing very well for them. Uh, but uh, it's, it was very simplistic to me to hear over and over and over again uh, different people saying that uh, certain individuals, certain CEOs, certain companies were, were gouging consumers, because I don't think that's the case. Um, we, are, we were looking, we are looking at a global phenomena. Like everyone on the planet um, uh, has been impacted by food inflation, and and Canada has actually one of the lowest food inflation rates uh, in uh, in the G7 at uh, 5.6 percent now. Uh, and when you look at the percentage of money uh, spent on food uh, relative to income, Canada has the sixth lowest percentage at 10 percent in the world. So. I know a lot of people are hurting out there, but in the grand scheme of things, uh, Canadians actually uh, did not too badly. Now, do we need more competition in the marketplace? Absolutely. Uh, And grocers are the first one to admit. Uh, The challenge, I think, is that things – 
have gotten cozy for them a little bit. Uh, so if you look at margins in Canada versus the U.S., uh, margins in Canada are double of what they are in the U.S., which, te- which tells you that the landscape is not that competitive. It should it should be more competitive to help consumers. No, absolutely. We know that, right? That competition means that it is a better deal uh, for consumers. It's interesting, though, because I think people look at the cost of food and they automatically assume, to your point, that there is price gouging, that they're profiting off the, the cost of food. But it's easy to forget that they do sell a lot more than just food, right? If you walk in through the grocery stores, you are seeing a bunch of other uh, products besides grocery products there. So I think that's important to uh, to remind people of. So, so thanks for bringing that up. I think since this report to grocery CEOs appeared in Ottawa again in the fall, um, and that was their plan, I guess, delivering their plan to stabilize food prices. And there was talk of discounts across a basket of key food products that represent the most important purchases for households, price freezes and price matching campaigns. But the change still have not been forthcoming on further details pertaining to this. And we also are aware, of course, of the imminent introduction of the code of conduct in the Canada food sector. So, so then can you share your insight on both of these initiatives and, and what this may mean for the average consumer? Yeah, I'm actually so glad you're asking the question because the code of conduct is not an easy concept for people to understand because because uh, we've been advocating for a code of conduct and people are probably wondering what is the code of conduct, what does it do, how can it help me? Well, um, the code of conduct it would actually create a level playing field for everyone, grocers and suppliers, uh, and independent grocers, and you want that because right now there are two companies really calling the shots right now in the industry, and that would be Walmart and Loblaws. People don't notice it, but they're dictating how Canadians are eating, and they're making and breaking companies, to be honest. And so if you're if you're in disagreement, if you disagree with a decision made by Loblaws uh, because they're charging uh, you more fees, the thing about the food industry that most people don't know is that you have to pay your customer to do business with them. So PepsiCo, for example, will pay millions of dollars uh, Loblaws to carry, so Loblaws can carry their products. That's that's the unique thing about the food industry. And over the last few years, uh, both Loblaws and Walmart in particular have been quite abusive with fees and things like that, which is why we're starting to see manufacturers leave Canada. Nestle left Canada with frozen products in the summer. Kleenex left Canada in the fall. And we're likely to see more of these things. And as, as you see more of these companies leave, well, there's less competition. And so so that's why it's hard for processors to make a living. Independent grocers, same thing. In Newfoundland and Labrador, you got tons of independent grocers in small towns. It's hard for them to offer good deals because they're basically squashed by major players like Lobos and Walmart. So the code of conduct would basically offer everyone a safe place to go if you want to dispute a decision made by by grocers because right now you got two options if you're if you're in disagreement you either uh, take it uh, or you leave that's basically how it works right now and uh, I don't think it's acceptable and it's really penalizing consumers in the end 
Yeah, and I think, you know, you're right. It gives them a voice, right? It gives them another outlet. Absolutely. It's not a take it or leave it scenario. So that that is always important. So I'm I'm glad to hear your thoughts on that and and the explanation, I guess, to listeners out there and what that actually means. So, Sylvan, as usual, it's been great having you on the show. You've always got great insights. I know you're very close to all of this stuff, so it's always good to hear from you. But we do have some time now for some final thoughts. So if you had some final thoughts, a final piece of advice for listeners, what would it be? Uh, well, I think that uh, hopefully we'll have a peaceful 2024 and a more affordable 2024. But um, uh, putting putting food inflation aside, I, I think it's important to remember that food is about tradition. It's about culture. Uh, it's about history. Uh, it's about friends, family. It's about uniting. Uh, food unites people, and uh, we shouldn't forget about that. And and, and there's no cost. There's no price tag uh, to um, to getting together around food at a nice table over the holidays and uh, and when we're celebrating all sorts of events throughout the years. It's important to remember that uh, that food is is central to our lives. Uh, no matter what you can afford, at least continue to celebrate food and celebrate uh, family and friends. Absolutely. It's not uh, about what's on the table. It's about who's around the table. Exactly. So important to remember that as we go into the holidays for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Sylvan. And if people wanted um, to follow you on social media, learn more about the AgriFood Analytics Lab and the, the 2024 Canada Food Price Report, how did they do this? Yeah, it's very simple. You can just go on our website. Uh, just Google the AgriFood Analytics Lab uh, at Dalhousie University, and uh, all of our reports are available for free in both English and French. Great. Thanks again for joining me today and sharing your insights with our listeners. And, of course, I do want to thank your listeners for tuning in. And remember, I always want to hear from you. So if you have a comment or a question or a topic that you'd like me to discuss here on Your Money, you can email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or give me a call at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoney@bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, License Insolvency Trustees, on your VOCM.